Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome in. This is episode 62 of Blue Jays Nation Radio, and this is an exciting one, Coomzy. First off, it is actually episode 62. Um, we released two episode 60s because it was the off season. There was a lockout. You know, we were all over the place, but this is episode 62. As always, it is delivered by our friends over at DoorDash. Coomzy, the lockout is over. Oh, my God. The lockout's over. That was a really nice. That was a really nice day yesterday. It felt like yesterday was Friday, I guess. Yeah, I shouldn't be saying yesterday today. We're recording on Friday right now. The collective bargaining agreement was reached on Thursday and had like a real Friday's energy. Yeah. It just, it just happened and everybody was so excited and it felt nice. And now it's weird that it's another weekday, but ultimately it doesn't matter because it's transaction season. Now spring training is going to start in like two or three days and the regular season is going to start on April 7th. We're not going to, we're not going to miss any games. There's going to be 162 games this season. The Jays are going to play a full 81 game slate at home, which is fantastic because if I moved here and had to live through a Toronto winter to miss more blue Jays games, I honestly would have had a meltdown and I probably would have just moved back. And it's nice that, the, like you said, 162 games starting on April 7th. It won't be some weird Frankenstein of a season where they're like, oh, you're only playing in your league because the lockout lasted till July and we're only playing like 65 games. Like, it, and, and that's part of the reason why I'm so excited is just that we aren't getting some sort of a letdown in terms of this season. It's yep. going to be exactly what we all wanted. 162 games, a normal schedule, all that good stuff. Um, the other side of yesterday that was wildly entertaining was so around what would have been 1250 no sorry 1150 eastern time jeff passan tweets out that the two sides have agreed on the international draft and then if you have jeff passan tweet notifications on which i do you immediately after that got like 12 um you immediately after that got about 12 tweets about j.eth passing jamming nfts onto your timeline which was absolutely wild um but still hilarious and then his account's gone and it comes back for him to be the guy to break the news that the lockout's over it was a wild run it was great to see jeff passan be the one to to break the final news that 
the CBA had been reached. I think he was the first official source to say yeah. it because there was a few random accounts. Like there was this one Yankees fan that has like 10,000 followers. That was like, a deal was reached like 20 minutes before that. And it's like, uh, do you actually know anything? Are you just guessing? Are you the Yankees version of BK? I don't so know, funny. but whatever. But it was cool to see, see Jeff Passan get that because it was a nice come from behind story. But on the other end of that, I have to say of all the things to be hacked by, having just like NFTs and crypto shit thrown onto our timelines was so annoying. Like it would have been so much better if it was actually just something funny and not just something annoying. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at least I, something weird. Still, it was just like the fact that he went down, got hacked and like returned with that news. I was recording another podcast for the nation at the time. And again, tweet notification pops up while we're talking about like the fucking Oilers power play or whatever. And I just lost my mind. Podcast was derailed for like 15 minutes because all I wanted to talk about was the new CBA. Uh, so let's jump into that. We're going to get into some off season talk later. Um, but from Jeff's article, some of the uh, big changes within the new CBA. It's going to be a 12-team postseason, so we can start with that, with the top two division winners earning first-round buys, and then seed three plays seed six, four plays five. I like this. It adds a little bit more. I I think 12 teams is personally a little bit better than 10, but I'm happy they didn't go all the way to 14. Yeah, I agree. There was part of me like the 14-team playoff format because... I kind of enjoy the gimmick of the first team. So the first team was going to get a buy in the 14 team format. And the second team, the next best team was going to get to pick their opponent. And that seems like a fun little gimmick. But then if you also think about it, our team's actually going to pick someone or are they just going to be like, we're going to be respectful of our opponents and just play the team we were supposed to play because you know, like no one's going to curse themselves by picking whoever else. Right. So I think it's a good middle ground, honestly, like the Jays finished sixth in the American league last year. If this were a thing, they would have been in the playoffs last year. The Jays should have been in the playoffs last year as Jays fans. We can't complain about a bigger playoff field because in our lifetime, we've missed like four or five different teams that should have been in the playoffs at least. And you know, the, now we're not quite as trapped in the American league and the even better thing for the Jays than the playoff format is the fact that starting in 2023, they're changing the, um, the, the schedule around. So we're not playing, you know, 500 games against American league East opponents. Now it's going to be, you know, more love. We're going to see more national league teams. We're going to see the teams from the West more. It's, it's nice because I'm, I'm so sick of seeing the fucking rays and Tropicana field like 30 times a year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll miss, I'll miss facing the Orioles that many times, <laughs> but I'm not going to miss the Red Sox, Yanks and Rays. That's for sure. And it'll be more, more games against some of the other shitty teams. Like, yeah, you get less against the Orioles, but you also get more against the other dumpster fires in the American league. So like, who cares? Right. Uh, the other notes here from passing a 45 day window to impose rule changes decided on by a new joint committee beginning in 2023, a universal designated hitter. I saw There's a lot of people who are kind of making a stink out of that. I don't mind it. Like, I don't know. Maybe baseball loses a bit of its charm in the World Series when you have to play by the other team's rules. But honestly, for the most part, I don't enjoy watching pitchers hit. I get that for the National League teams. It now takes away a bit of the strategy, I suppose. And some pitchers probably aren't happy that they don't get to swing the bat anymore. But for the most part... We're going to get to see better hitters more often across the league. And there's going to be no more of this like, oh, the Jays are going to play the Braves in a series. And like whoever, Jose Barrios has to start swinging the bat. Like it was just it just always felt like a waste of an at bat. I'm happy. I'm happy it's here. And I might be in the minority, but I'm happy it's here. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm, I, I, I like the old national league rules. Like I like watching the Dodgers and seeing Clayton Kershaw, whoever come up to bat, but also again, from a Jays perspective, which is what we're doing here. It's always disadvantageous to the American league. Because like you said, like, remember last year we had Alec Manoa batting and he had no idea what he was doing. It's just like, no, we don't need to see this. Like, you know, the it's, you're more likely to have an American league pitcher get injured when they're batting or that kind of thing. So whatever, just standardize it across the entire league. It, it's a band-aid it that I felt had to be ripped off in the game. Yeah, like a lot of people aren't going to like it, but I feel like in five years, no one's even no one's really going to talk about it. No. Um, the other thing that came though, no more pre-planned seven inning double headers, which I don't, I'm fine with that. Um, I didn't mind those, but those going away isn't the worst thing. But again, I'm going to be in the minority on this. I don't like that. They got rid of the extra inning rule. Really? I feel like in the regular season, when it's as long as it is, there is no need to risk a game between the Blue Jays and like the Pittsburgh Pirates or whoever going 16, 17 innings. I just feel like it added a sense of urgency to extra innings. It was like, all right, the game is going to extra innings and kind of like three on three overtime in hockey. It's going to be exciting and it's going to be intense right off the bat. And there was strategy involved in it. You know, some teams liked bunting the guy over to third base. Some teams didn't like there. It, it added a different mix and I'm happy it never got into the playoffs because again, the playoffs, if the game goes 18 yep. innings, that's an instant classic. That's and great. Yeah, but I, I understand that we have some games that we look back on, like when the Jays and Tigers went like 19 innings once in August. And it's like, OK, you look back on it and it's like that was that was cool. But in the moment, I'm always just like, hey, someone's got to wrap this up by the time we get to like inning 13, 14, especially when, you know, you're playing a game and you got to burn all these pitchers and then you have to play again the next afternoon sometimes. Yep. And it's I just felt like. It's an unnecessary thing to have an unnecessary risk to have in the game where teams need to push and push and use all their relievers or use the next day's starter or use a position player. And it's just like, why throw the runner on second? Is it gimmicky? Yeah, a little bit, but it's also exciting and it ends regular season games quicker. And I don't know why people had a problem with that. I think the, the, the big sentiment is, well, I mean, the reason people had a problem with it is because no one likes change. That's the thing is baseball fans want baseball to be constant forever because we want all of our records to match forever. And that's the obsession, right? People, baseball fans love consistency. They love history. They love stats, data, blah, blah, blah. But I think the other thing, and I think you see this in the NHL a lot too, and it's why people think that three on three and the shootout are kind of a joke is that your, your wins and losses in the regular season and the way you award points is different than how you win games in the playoffs, right? Like, okay. Like in the NHL, you can get extra points for being great in the shootout, but then the shootout's completely irrelevant in the playoffs. But I mean, it's a little bit different for baseball, but um, what I would say is the middle ground is do the 10th and 11th inning normal, and then maybe starting in the 12th, toss the runner on second. I'd be fine. So that, with that. I agree with you. We don't, we don't want to see the 19 inning marathons. Like I remember when that I specifically remember the Detroit game you're talking about because they got in a plane and went to Seattle the next day. And I flew down for that Seattle series and they burned every single pitcher in that Detroit game. And then they got pumped by the Mariners three games in a row. Cause all their guys were like dead tired. I'm like, that sucked that like <laughs> that completely sucked the air out of the team as cool as that 19 inning walk off was. But yeah. I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page. Like, I don't, I don't think it was a terrible rule. I don't like this idea, but I saw someone throw it out there. Extra innings. The manager gets the choice to start their batting order wherever they want every inning. Oh, that's kind of fun, actually. Like, again, gimmicky is all hell. But if the Jays wanted to, every time in the extra innings, be like, nope, Springer, Bove, lad, again. And the other teams just got to deal with it. I think that would be hilarious just because the Jays are good. 
Um, but again, it's shootout, right? yeah, it's sort of like a shootout in that way. Um, keep, uh, we're going to keep rolling through the list here. 16 draft lottery implemented with the hopes of curtailing tanking. Um, sure. I guess this doesn't do, I, I don't really I don't, care. I don't know if that's how you get rid of tanking. I think some teams are just, just there's some major league baseball teams that are just useless. And also finishing one or getting the first overall pick through the sixth overall pick doesn't matter in baseball yeah. really it really doesn't their draft strategy is so different that i don't i is this isn't hockey or basketball or even the nfl really like this is baseball is the one sport where yeah. it's uh, uh two measures aimed at limiting service time manipulation a full year of service time awarded to players who finish within the top two in respective rookie of the year voting and draft picks awarded to teams that promote players on opening day who finish among the top vote getters for major awards for me that is gimmicky yeah it's like the, it's, giving the top two rookie of the year voting finalists a year of service time for me that's like a band-aid on a gunshot wound in yeah. for the problem that exists in terms of service time manipulation mm-hmm. yeah i mean the reality is though like there was no way we were going to see a full overhaul in which you know guys are suddenly coming into the league on three-year entry-level contracts like it's NHL and they can hit free agency. It's, you know, baseball is always going to be so stacked against young guys. So the fact there is a way for younger guys to make some good cash early on, because you see a lot of guys come up and they come up like gangbusters in, a, in their first couple of seasons and they get hurt and they never get paid. And you're like, oh, geez, that sucks. Like this guy won rookie of the year and then fell off a cliff. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's a, it's a nice way for them to make some cash, but no, it's not a real solution. Obviously it's also kind of an awkward thing because it puts a lot of pressure on those who are voting for these awards and it also gives them a lot of power too. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is probably never going to happen, but hypothetically now, if there's some rookie, that's just a real asshole to the media and nobody likes him, then <laughs> they could potentially vote this guy down. So he doesn't make like cash in this rookie season. Again, it's probably never going to happen. I don't think the voters are that petty. Like maybe, Maybe some of them are, but not all of them are, but it just opens the door for that kind of shit, right? Yeah. Um, the next nugget here, additional advertising through patches on jerseys and decals on helmets. Um, I don't, I don't care. I, we just went through this in hockey where they put the ads on the helmets and people flip their shit and then guess what? It doesn't matter. And the NBA is not on the jerseys that I'm buying. Yeah. And you want to buy a jersey with an ad on it, but I don't care if the players have it. Yeah, hundred percent, and that's the way it is in 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 the NBA. You can buy an NBA jersey without the ad on it or with the ad on it. You have that option. There's different levels of the jersey buying. And for me, I look at my Vlad Guerrero Jr. jersey sitting behind me. There's a Nike logo on it. There has always been advertising yeah. to some extent. So I'm not that. Also, do you own a red Blue Jays jersey? Uh, I own. I have a Russell Martin one from 2015, but it was the yeah, white and a, red it's one. A, it's a Rogers advertisement. Yeah. Every everything's advertising. That's just the life we live in. So like if I had a choice, if you were like, hey, Tyler, would you prefer to have a Rogers ad or not have a Rogers ad on your Vlad Guerrero Jr. jersey? I'd prefer to not have one, but I'm also not going to like stop watching the sport or like watch it differently because there's a little Rogers ad on the jersey. They should like, make it so the merch you buy is cheaper if it has an ad on it. Like imagine there's a big honking fucking Rogers patch on your chest and you get the jersey for price. I would do that hundred percent. I'm in, I'm in the business of saving my own money, but I'm not paying, I'm not paying 229 bucks full price for a Jersey with a goddamn Rogers ad on it. It's not happening. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the nuggets of the CBA. Did I miss anything or did I miss anything that maybe pertains to the blue Jays specifically? 
well, there's like all the stuff about the um, the luxury tax limit going up. Obviously, that's a thing. Whether the Blue Jays are actually going to be a team that spends to that limit is yet to be seen. I mean, this is obviously something that's advantageous to the Dodgers or the Yankees. Teams that spend a whole bunch of money are a team like the White Sox, the Padres, who's just beneath that limit. That's nice for them. But if Rogers does decide, all right, we're going to pull our dicks out and spend a bunch of money, but we don't want to get taxed, then the amount of money they can spend goes up. But simultaneously, it goes up for all the other teams who are competing in free agents. So it just drives the price of guys up too. So I don't know if that makes a huge difference from a Blue Jays perspective. And then there's also the international free agency draft, which is a, a quite a change. And I think probably a loss for the Blue Jays if it does end up happening, because what the thing is there is they haven't yet agreed on the uh, international draft. It might happen, but if they don't come to terms with it, then it just won't. But this is a thing where the Jays excel in international free agents. So they do very well because they have good development. They have that complex in Dunedin. There's, you know, Toronto is probably a better location for a Latin American player to go than someplace in the United States. So the Jays do well here. And now, if you have a draft, think back in 2015, if there was a draft, then there's a good chance that Vladdy Jr. is not a Blue Jay. So this is this is a pretty abstract issue. It's not easy to get into in a podcast where we're talking about a dozen things, but that's another one that changes the Jays. The, the that That's one that I think affects the Blue Jays quite a bit in a, in a, in a negative way because it's something they were good at. Yeah, that, that, that is a good point. And I mean, it obviously doesn't kill the ability to snag a good international draft player in whatever pick you have but you're and that's a great point with vladdy like you're right if this exists seven years ago vladdy's not a blue jay and uh that that is yeah, something Lord knows where he is like yeah what he had the number one pick the diamondbacks pirates who fucking knows like <laughs> that's depressing Yuck. to think about <laughs> uh the other note that was interesting that definitely does pertain only to the blue jays is unvaccinated players and their inability to play in canada and not accrue service time either I haven't heard a lot about which players around the league are slash aren't vaccinated. Um, but I wonder if this is, if we're going to hear anything about this in the next few days about like, if it's a player on the Jays, that's unvaccinated. They have to trade him. There's no way you're just going to be like, Oh, well you can just stay in on the road. Like that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's no way the Jays can, they can't do like in the NHL, as we always do NHL examples, there's the Red Wings. There's one guy in the NHL who's unvaccinated is Tyler Bertuzzi on the Detroit Red Wings. And he does not play in Canada, but the Red Wings only play, I think eight games in Canada this year. So it's not that big of a deal, but the Jays are going to play 81 games in Canada, assuming nothing fucked up happens. Uh, they're going to play 81 games in Canada. You cannot have a guy on your roster who's unvaccinated at this point. I'm assuming, I'm assuming if someone was unvaccinated though, we would have heard about that last season, right? When they came back up to Canada and there weren't any issues with any of the Jays main guys. So it shouldn't be an issue there. If anything, this is maybe a bit of an advantage for the Jays. If like there is a big name player on another team, who's not going to be coming up for the series or a pitcher on another team who's scheduled to start, but the other team's like, ah, shit, we got to leave you back wherever we are. And and you're going to miss your start. last year. There was, there was a game the Jays were playing against the twins. And I think it was, I could be wrong yeah. about this. So uh, whatever. No, but I think I you're think right. Hamilton Simmons wasn't vaccinated and he wasn't playing in a game or a whole series. And, and then we were all joking about it because the shortstop they had playing instead made like two errors in a game. Yeah. I, so, I think, I think you're remembering that correctly. Yeah. So there's also a word that a whole bunch of guys in the Red Sox and Yankees don't have the box. I don't know who the players are, but that's the word. That's the case. This is an advantage for the Jays, whether this stands all year and 
Canada at the federal level actually keeps this in for the entire summer is yet to be seen. I mean, given the way things are going, I imagine that this might get lifted this summer. Yeah. That, that'd be my guess, but I don't know. It's advantageous to chase. So let's just, let's just keep it going. Yeah. I'm all right with it. If it helps the blue Jays win baseball games this year. Um, before we keep moving along, if you are as fired up as cam and myself are, then you're going to want to head to the sports closet, SportsCloset.ca. You can get all the blue Jays gear you could ever dream of over courtesy of our friends at sports closet. They also have nation gear on their website as well. So you can go check that out. I'm on their website right now, scrolling around. Well, you might need to come up now that baseball is officially coming back with some new shirt ideas, Coombsy, because yeah. we have the yeah. Vladdy Guerrero. That's right. T we have the dome, sweet dome, dome, sweet dome. team. Those are both the Vladdy one comes in different colors, but they're both predominantly blue. I wonder if we could mix mm-hmm. in a, a different color scheme or something. We'll brainstorm. Yeah. If anyone's, if anyone's listening to this, feel free to toss me a suggestion at the Jays nation account on my personal at Coom. I will, if it's a good idea, if it's literally anything that's not completely fucked up or offensive, then I'll probably just send it off and be like, yeah, we can, we can try and make this t-shirt because I'm, I don't, I don't have very many good ideas. I'm not great at this. Yeah. So if anyone has a good idea, hit me up. Yeah. And we got a great graphic designer on our, uh, really good. with us at the nation. She can do pretty much anything. So, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. hit up Coom if you have any ideas and who knows, maybe you'll see it on the sports closet website one day, shout out to sportscloset.ca. Uh, they can ship anywhere in Canada as well. When the lockout, we were told when the lockout ended, it's going to be a wild flurry of moves. Okay. Well it, it's been, you know, what? 19 hours since the lockout ended around there at the time of us taping this. And we haven't seen any big moves, Cam, but have there been any rumors that have popped up that have maybe caught your attention? There has been some Blue Jays rumors. There's a report and it was uh, Sportsnet's Ben Ennis tweeted that Joel Sherman said that everyone's expecting the Blue Jays to pull the trigger on a big move in regards to their offense. So, you know, a lot of people might be thinking, okay, if the Jays make a big move, they'll probably end in the pitcher, right? No, it seems like if the Jays make a big move, they're going to add another bat. So that could be perhaps Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, maybe Jose Ramirez. Those are the names we've been tossing around for a while. There's the Blue Jays have been linked to Freddie Freeman. Um, whether that interest is legitimate or whether Freeman's using that to get more money out of the Braves or the Yankees or the Red Sox or whoever, who knows? But there's also the note about Correa, which is interesting, is... Um, Chandler Rome, a a reporter out of Houston, said that you can add the Jays to the list of the teams who have been in the mix for Correa. That's an interesting fit because the Jays already have Bo Bichette at shortstop, but, you know, they have holes at second and third, so maybe they make it work, right? Yeah. The... The report, the the tweet you're referencing kind of felt like uh, maybe not a legitimate report, but one of those things that's like, hey, you know, maybe they checked in at some point. So this guy heard yeah. about it and is mentioning it. I, I do think they need to add another arm. If you look at the rotation right now, it's going to go Barrios, Gosman, Manoa, Hunjin Ryu, and then what? Maybe one of Pearson or Stripling in that last spot. I think you could definitely benefit, especially with what we saw from Ryu last year. You could benefit from adding another arm to this mix. Um, I don't know if you have anyone off the top of your head out there who you look at as like a good fit, but they also could use a second bit. And the nice part about Espinal and Biggio being able to play either position is that you're not limited to just getting a third baseman or just getting a second baseman right now. You can go and get either or, and you're going to have a kind of platoon option with Espinal and Biggio in that other spot. Yeah. I think if the Jays go ahead and, let's say they pull the trigger and sign Carlos Correa to a huge contract Oof. and they play him at third base. 
then I think we're all very fine with Espinal and Biggio being the platoon at second. Who cares? Yeah. Or vice versa. And Correa, they decide Correa is going to play at second. And then, you know, they do that. Or they sign Freddie Freeman and pop him at third. And we're just like, ah, fuck it. And throw Biggio at second is no problem. But if they don't add anyone and we see Biggio at third, Espinal at second, or vice versa, I don't think people are going to be too thrilled about that. It would be nice to see the Jays fill one of those two holes. And I do agree with you. The starter thing is definitely important because I think the Jays are better off if they if they're fully health if they're fully healthy roster features nate pearson ross stripling in the bullpen rather than having one in the starting rotation because mm-hmm. both those guys are fairly enigmatic i think we kind of know at this point that it's hard to imagine nate pearson's going to be like a six seven inning starter it's more likely he's going to be a multi-inning bullpen guy and stripling's been all over the grid since becoming a blue jay i don't know if he's proved enough to be the number five guy here at this point but you know there's there's tons of time, I guess, to make moves. Like, I guess the hope is we just see, see something big, right? It would be nice to see, it'd be nice for them to pull the trigger on another big move and get some hype going before the season. Cause it feels like fucking years ago they signed Gosman now, right? Like that feels yeah. like ages ago. <laughs> it really and does. Even yeah. like the Barrios extension, I like kind of forgot about it up until, you know, sitting down and getting some prep done for this. But um, I did see an interesting point. And I wish I could give credit, but as you know, I see tweets. I forget who sent them, but I I only retain the information. Um, someone tweeted out, like, what are the Jays going to do? They lost Semyon. But the thing to remember is that George Springer barely played last season. And even when he was playing a lot of those games, it didn't really look like he was fully healthy. The finding a way to replace Semyon's offense. I think it's fair to assume that a big part of covering that gap, filling that hole it's George Springer being back and being healthy. This is a guy who could hit 40 bombs this year. Yeah, this is true. A full season of George Springer. They also didn't have a full season of Alejandro Kirk last year. He was on and off the injured list quite a few times. There's also a guy named Gabriel Moreno, who's supposed to be incredibly good, who might come up and be incredibly good. So there's that too. I mean, Kevin Biggio missed most of last year with an injury. Will he bounce back and be what he was in 2019 and 20? I don't know, maybe. Maybe you won't, but there's a handful of internal options that can replace Semyon's offense. But circling back, I think, again, we'd all like to see like a big addition. Maybe it's not Carlos Correa or Freddie Freeman, but, you know, someone to kind of fill, fill, fill the void that Semyon leaves. It's, it's a pretty big void, but I think there's, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of ways that they can get that offense. The trade option is another one, too, if, if you don't go the free agency route. And the two names that kind of have fans talking the most are Jose Ramirez and potentially Matt Chapman. And the Chapman angle is interesting because you could potentially fill two holes in one trade if you go swing a deal with the Oakland A's. Yeah, it's been a while since the Jays pulled the trigger on a franchise altering move with the Oakland A's. It's been about seven years now. So, I mean, if you want to go ahead and sell the farm and get, you know, one of Oakland's yeah. many starters, they're ready to give away and Chapman. But I, I do still think that Jose Ramirez is the guy, you know, he's a Cleveland guy. we got the Cleveland front office. There's the obvious connection there. Ramirez is a really good contact hitter. It's something the Jays lack. He's a switch hitter. He can add a lefty bat. He's quite a good third baseman. Like that would be a great addition. And the kind of confusing thing here is, okay, now there's six playoff teams in the American league. So is Cleveland going to be interested in selling? I saw a tweet and I'm the same as you. I don't have a brain, so I can't remember who says what, but someone said that Cleveland's ready to blow it up, whether they are, whether they're not, I don't know, but 
you know, Cleveland's cheap. They don't like paying guys, but now there's also another chance for them to make the playoffs with the sixth team. So it's hard to say if they actually will sell, but if they are selling, then I imagine the Jays will be all over Ramirez. Cause he's just the, like, he's just the perfect fit for exactly what they need. ESPN did an article with the top 10 free agents and predicting where they end up. They predicted the Jays are going to land Kyle Schwarber, which is an interesting yeah. fit because he doesn't actually help you on the infield at all. He's basically a DH slash outfielder, right? Yeah. But he's a lefty bat. He hits for crazy power. If you his bombs and his bombs and Rogers center would be outrageous. So let's say you sign Schwarber. Does that potentially make Lourdes Gurriel expendable? Yeah, I guess. And I mean, that maybe that's how, maybe that's how you eventually really beef up this lineup, right? Like if it's Guriel and one of your catching prospects, I'm just spitballing it like an idea here. What could Guriel and Kirk get you from the A's? Um, I think reasonably that'd be a fair return for Chapman, right? Like right. that's probably a lot for Chapman, but this, but if it's a lot for Chapman, maybe you like get a this? pitcher in that deal, right? So are you a better team with Chapman? one of the starters from Oakland and Schwarber than you are with Gurriel and Kirk. Gurriel is tricky though, because you can't really trade Gurriel to a rebuilding team because what does he have left in his deal now? Like two years, like you have to, the Gurriel yeah. was always a sensible fit with like Cleveland or Florida because it's like, all right, this is a low budget team that wants to sneak into the playoffs. Cleveland wants to get in on a bullshit budget. Marlins are kind of the same energy, you know, like the Rays, but a team like that. Whereas I don't know if, if Oakland's going to blow it up and you want to go and get Chapman and Chamanea, then you're probably going to have to give up exclusively prospects. Like, I don't think that this is going to be the Brett Lowry situation where they, the, the main guy coming back for Josh Donaldson is someone already in the league. I don't, I don't think that's what Oakland wants right now. You think they'd be more inclined to take like a Jordan Groshans? Yeah, I think it's more, or Elvis Martinez, um, Gabe Moreno, um, even maybe Pearson, like maybe even younger guys like Gunnar Hoagland, who the team just drafted in the first round, like younger guys. So I don't think Oakland's going to be good anytime soon. I think they're, they're, they're pretty prepared to go lean into just blowing it up. It'll be interesting. I think a trade option ah, it might be the way to go as much as you don't want to see guys taken off the active roster. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we see both. Maybe we see a big trade and a, and a big free agent signing. Um, whenever that happens, we should definitely get BK involved in an episode here. Maybe we'll oh, do yeah. maybe over the next couple of days, even we can like, as news happens, we'll, uh, we'll throw out another podcast, but um, it feels very, very good to say that baseball's back cam. It does. Are you going to plan your trip to, to come visit? I am. So I'm definitely coming out once. Um, I think I talk, I might talk about this on the other episode, but I have plans to go, to Toronto and then catch a bills game. So that trip's going to happen in like September. And I'm hoping I get to see like some meaningful baseball in September when I come down as well. I sure. Hope so. I would. If the Jays aren't in the mix for meaningful baseball and there's six playoff teams in the AL. I will be not happy. Uh, one quick ad read to wrap things up. Shout out to our friends at twig free shipping anywhere in Canada on orders over $75. And if you use the promo code nation 15, you're getting 15% off that order as well. Whether you need some new underwear, whether you're looking to maybe get something for, uh, for father's day, come on, that's coming up twig and berries. That is quality dad products at twig and berries. Uh, check them out. Twig Once again, promo code nation 15, Coomzy, this was a lot of fun. We'll have more of these going forward on a more regular basis. And it just, it just feels good, man. It does. It feels great. I'm happy to just speculate. I would love a transaction, but honestly, just speculating about a transaction at this point is perfectly fine for me. Ramirez, Chapman, Correa, Freeman, Trevor Story. Oh, Who knows? Sign them, Sign them all. all. Sign yeah. them all. Why not? 
We'll have another podcast dropping soon. In the meantime, thanks for tuning into Blue Jays Nation Radio. Tell a friend about it. Let's get the listeners up before the season starts, Coomsey. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, enjoy transaction period, baseball fans, and we'll chat with you soon. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.